number six this week on the Paranoid America show. I'm Russell Dowden, former publisher of Weird Magazine, Paranoid Magazine, and InfoWars Magazine for a brief stint as well. Maybe I need to do a paranormal conspiracy magazine again now that I brought the shows back to life. I'm just wondering if I should continue doing publishing of this nature. I've been doing publishing for 21 years We do publish another magazine and have a radio show here in Austin on another subject matter. But anyway, we're doing Paranoid America. We've breathed life back into our old uh, podcast, which was the Paranoid podcast for Paranoid Magazine some years ago, about 10 years ago. We we just kind of got back into this space because of all the crazy stuff that we've been seeing on the news, courtesy of the mainstream media regarding UAPs. Are they UFOs? Are there government crash retrievals? There's a lot of crazy stuff been going on in claims in the mainstream media in recent months, and especially last, really the last three or four years. And I've just been noticing all of the podcasts that have been coming out. Thought we would get back in and in, in here and and do some old paranormal radio, which uh, which I've done for many years, going back to 1999. Speaking of 1999 and Set Lab, joining me this week on Podcast 6 of Paranoid America is my then, at that time, old colleague and webmaster and technical advisor in many things, Anthony Acosta, joining us here on Podcast Number 6. I'll bring him into the studio here. Hey, Anthony, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good. I'm very, I'm super glad to see what you're up to, man. I, <laughs> I think it's uh, amazing all the work you're doing. Well, you know, you and I did a weird show about 18 months ago, and I had you on in this cloud platform doing the weird brand, and Mm -hmm. you had given me some pointers on staging and some things and uh, and just kind of, hey, I like where you're going with this, Russell. Try this or that, and and you gave me some pointers. And But thank you for your uh, tips and influence because of that one show a year and a half ago, and we've really just kind of, stepped up our camera game our lighting game and 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 recording gear and so uh, i've always looked up to you as anthony your your setup here is fantastic (laughs) Uh, this is my home office Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah yeah i do all the all the stuff out of here Um, well mike i i I did want to let you know i don't know if you remember set lab of course i remember set lab that was the old radio show and i was i thought we might have had an image that we could share of, of Sonny and i doing those those old shows, but yes, Anthony was our webmaster for the old setlab.org and, yeah. and, uh, and you, uh, you were, you tagged along with Sonny and I on the studies of extraterrestrial life and answers from beyond UFO reporting site that you had designed. 
And yeah. yes, you were very much part of that journey with us. Well, I just had lunch uh, three weeks ago with Davis Rankin. Oh my and God, the radio talk show host at seven ten yes. KURV. Is he still yeah, on the yeah. air? He uh, he is not. Um, well, I don't know. Um, I, and he's taking more of a back seat. He he still owns a lot of that radio station, but he's uh-huh. taking a back seat. Uh, but he totally remembers you. He remembers Sunny. He remembers uh, <laughs> that interview. Um, you know, he he doesn't normally remember that kind of stuff. Uh, well, the interviews he does, but he said that our subject matter was so fascinating uh, that that he does recall us. Well, truth be told, Anthony, uh, I was on his show four times at least. Uh, he had us on often, and it wasn't oh, yeah. just one time we were on. Um, but uh, there were multiple shows. I went and did one in Harlingen with them. I did one. They had a remote at another location. A few times we were in that studio there in Edinburgh. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, – he owned part of KURV, didn't he? Yes, yes, his parents. Um, yeah. He, he was telling me all about the, the whole history of that station, how ups and downs and where it's going. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, scrambling to adapt to all the new tech. Right now, you have the capability of reaching a bigger audience than them at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to get. Uh, they, uh, you know what? The funny thing is, Anthony. For many, many years, when Coast to Coast AM was streaming, they began. I don't know, maybe oh three, oh four. Anthony started to charge for the stream. Nori mm-hmm. and and that outfit with Coast to Coast, and uh, I used to, and for many years would go to KURV.com and listen to, because their stream was free. And you could, right. still go, you could still hear KURV for free on the, their website. And so I always knew if I couldn't hear it on the internet through the paid version of Coast to Coast, I could always go to old Davis Rankin's website there at KURV uh, 710 and then listen to the Coast to Coast AM show that way. Oh, yeah, same, same. If I uh, – well, my job is always in, on, the, on the internet and on the computers – and so I couldn't have a radio or I couldn't have that anything else. So KURV was my go-to audio stream. Uh, and I'd, I'd listen to uh, yeah. well, all of those programs. Um, I, I would. I don't know about paying. If I did a paid um, thing, I would probably want to do like a Q&A where I can get in and, you know, and, and speak. Uh, yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't pay necessarily just to listen. Just to listen only. Well, you know, folks don't know, but you and I, we, we you're in South Texas. I lived down there probably for 15 years um, mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I worked for the station cluster in Westlaco. I ended up working at, uh, you know, that was with Kate Q. You were with that same group, but after it was taken over by another, uh, I don't know if it was Entrevision or... Um, Are you talking about KBOY or K or KTEX? Well, I was at I was at the, the the cluster originally in Westlaco behind KRGV TV, which at that time was KVOY, KPOSA, okay. and Q ninety four. That group was owned by when I was employed there. It was the Sunburst Media Station in the in the ni- late nineties, and that right. was where I met Mike Quinn, and 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 uh, he kind of threw me in the hot chair on the radio, and I caught the radio bug. But but <laughs> you ended up on on that same cluster but a few many years later when that station was purchased and then moved to the new location there in in mccallan i understand you were working at that same cluster of stations but were there for like 15 years yes that's correct 
we had a it was a Univision. It was Fox. That's right. Uh, KVLY, uh, um, K KFRQ, the rock station, and Que uh, Pasa, the La Nueva. Uh, it was a wonderful. Oh, sorry. It was a wonderful time. I, I I enjoyed my time there a lot. I got I got to do so much and meet so many people. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm still friends. Uh, with in fact, I was just uh, at a meeting earlier today uh, with uh, with some of my old coworkers there. Thanks yeah. for COVID, I don't I don't work there anymore. <laughs> well, COVID post COVID is what you ended up leaving there. Yeah, yeah. The when uh, they they COVID. Uh, since everything got shut down, there was a lot of businesses that that weren't advertising, so we just didn't have the the, the budget to uh, to keep everybody. And so the station went from about 150 people to about 50 people. Um, wow. wow! And unfortunately, I got I got cut uh, during that time. I'm sorry, I was furloughed during that time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, that was a uh, that's that's an interesting thing that you were there at that at that station. You know that Mike Quinn, Mighty Mike Quinn, who who I'm still friends with Mike has been in this very office in this studio here in Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mike's been in here a few times and mm -hmm. he actually he's, still, he's running at Silverstone. He's a, he's in LA doing Silverstone Records and and management. He also has a division of sports management that ironically was friends with my friend James Bills who actually called in a few weeks ago on this show here on Paranoid <laughs> a few shows ago uh, James is an old friend of of mine, but it turned out James knew Mike Quinn and that they're partners on the sports part of Silverstone. Uh, but Mike's been over here and seen me a few times. He recently was married, I, I think, about a year ago. I think he's got a new baby with the new bride. Um, I haven't oh. talked to Mike in about a year, but uh, um, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, you guys obviously, he y'all saw him often when you were there at the queue. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh no, my, Mike, actually, we got along fantastic. Um, I, he would come to my office and we designed fantastic new shirts for the queue. And uh, we, we were able to to really uh, he, he was he was a master at, at getting me to be more creative. Uh, he, he could bring <laughs> that out. And I appreciate that from him. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike. I, I haven't talked to him in a while, though. <laughs> yeah, Mighty Mike Quinn is a, a good a mutual friend of ours, and uh, he's out in L.A. doing his thing. I guess I I want to bring up. I guess we'll talk at some point here. Let's bring up the about your book. You're you're you've always been in media though. You have a a, a beautiful uh, professional website. Maybe pull that in, Carl Kennedy Media Group. I don't know if you got that. The, Anthony does a great service with marketing services, uh, SEO. He does a fantastic for as long as I've known him, which is 26 years. He has been in this space of you know web development. This is his professional side. I, I just want to give you the plug, Anthony, <laughs> on the business <laughs> side. Uh, but I you're still doing it. Kennedy Media uh, all these years later. Great job with that. You're still doing your thing. And uh, uh, and then you've got a book that you're working on. And I guess you've got a trilogy. Tell yes. us about Sicario Not Saving the World. Yes, really. <laughs> Um, well, it's a it's a it's a fantastic uh, adventure. Um, it's uh, two. Uh, uh, I don't know how to describe them. It sounds uh, uh, wrong, but they're two happy-go-lucky uh, sicarios uh, from from Brownsville or Matamoros here in the area, and uh, they uh, essentially botch a kidnapping. Um, and in the getaway, they they kind of make some bad decisions and somehow end up hijacking a SpaceX rocket and 
you know, launching out to the space station. Um, and, you know, happenstance leaves it so that uh, there are some other things happening in the book that, that lead to make the adventure that much greater um, and making them or forcing them to, uh, to essentially save the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And it's basically two, two bad guys that are trying to, you know, they're just trying to get away. And, uh, and they end up being put in this position where they, they, they become the accidental heroes. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's a fun, it's a fun story. I, I had a great time writing it. Um, I had to isolate for about a year, uh, mostly just editing. And, yeah, but the, the story came out great. The reviews are pretty good. And I understand you're working on. Now I've only gotten to about a third of the book, Anthony, admittedly. And this is that's, that's I apologize. I haven't had to read the whole thing yet. But mm. but I understand you're working on like. A two, a, a, a second, and maybe even a third. You may be making this a trilogy. Well, um, I can tell you what happened is is uh, I, I was uh, I just been let go. Um, I, well, I was working on a, on a on a billboard, and the billboard in that's this particular billboard. We were looking at different concepts, and one of them was what you're seeing there is the cover of the book uh, with an astronaut, um, you know, with a flag draped over him. And uh, and as I was working on this this uh, concept, uh, I got I got hit by a, a, a flash, and I don't know what the flash is, but the entire trilogy, the whole story, uh, was uh, downloaded into my head. Uh, so I I can't even. Yes, I wrote the story. I don't think I came up with it. Something in the universe hit me on the side of the head with it, and, I, and it wouldn't let me go until I wrote it down. Um, so once I had the entire story, I realized it was much too grand for for just one to put all in one book. So I had to split the story into three parts. And so what you're seeing is Sagarinath part one. Uh, and part two continues uh, at the end of this, or the end of part one, and part three continues at the end of part two. And okay. The, the entire arc is is marvelous and uh, fantastic, and I can't wait to be able to share with everybody. Yeah, I was thinking about doing maybe an autobiography of sorts, and 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 I I would have to like check out, go live in a cabin in New Mexico for six months at least, and <laughs> to try to do something like this. So. I know it's got to be tough to do and pull that off, but almost my thought is if I was to write something fiction, I would almost just write it as a script. Is, is that occurred to you to just, you know, even maybe turn it in as a script for a film or a, a series on a show or people are buying content, you know, this space. Oh yeah. Well, I, I actually, to be honest, I already have a, a movie script for the book. Um, okay. I don't like it, um, but that's my own personal <laughs> view uh I, I wrote it but it you have to leave so many things out when when you write the book uh you're writing in, in what's called um first person limited right so everything you you speak about in the book is the way the person feels their thoughts uh from their perspective seeing what the events that are unfolding in front of them and when you're writing a movie script you're simply describing the actions right and so it's up to the characters to try and interpret uh, the the emotions and the thoughts and the perspectives. Uh, and and so the the uh, this is why they say movies. It's it, the book is always better 
And it's because in the book you, you get to explore what's happening in their heads. Whereas yeah. in the, uh, in, when, when you make the movie, uh, it, that's a lot harder to accomplish. But that being said, I, I came up with a pretty good script. Uh, I'm sorry, a screenplay. And I'm actually talking to a couple of people in LA um, about selling the movie for that. Um, but we, that's, that's, all, that's all still in, um, it's in the works. <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool. If you get, you know, if you already get and can get a, a a buyer lined up for it, I mean, that's pretty freaking. That's pretty freaking cool. Well, part of my job is I do promotions for, uh, uh, you know, events, uh, festivals, and, and mm-hmm. concerts and things. And through that line of work, I have met uh, a few uh, um, uh, prominent people in Hollywood, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we've we've actually formed pretty good friendships and. Uh, they're the ones that encouraged me and pushed me to do this. Um, so, so that's thanks to them. This script exists. <laughs> Sicario knots. Uh, this is like hitman astronauts that are yeah. going to save the world. I think. Uh, I definitely think that you are on to something uh, there with this, and and uh, it's probably something I would see on a Netflix series or or sci-fi channel or even hell a movie. Uh, stay right oh, yeah. there. We're talking with our friend, an old friend, Anthony Acosta, author of Sicario Knots, uh, Saving the World. Uh, yes, really. And we will talk. Our our alien buddies will chime in here. They're, they're visiting, hanging out with us. It's Paranoid America. This is podcast number six. We'll be back on the other side with our guest, Anthony Acosta. Take, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Spin, I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful. I've sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the fella said. Tell me quick. Disaster can strike at any time. Be ready before it hits the fan. You are not a caveman. So don't use caveman technology. Our revolutionary meals heat themselves. Just pour the salt water solution on the heating pad. Place the meal face down on the heating tray. Slide it back in the box and wait five minutes. You'll have a hot, nutritious meal that is tough enough for any disaster. Whether it's power outages, winter storms, or the end of the world, you'll be good to go. So what are you waiting for? Get your gear today. Disaster food supplies. Survive. Satisfy. I can't believe this is happening. I never thought I'd be in this situation. I mean, who would have thought that I would need alien abduction insurance? But I guess it's better to be safe than sorry. And sure enough, it happened. I was abducted by aliens. Um, hi. Can I help you guys with anything? Financial compensation? For what? Wow, I never expected this. I mean, I never even thought aliens were real. And thanks to my alien abduction insurance, I'm covered. I never thought I'd be saying this, but thank you, aliens. 
It's 2 a.m. Power's out. It's pitch black. You need light. If you planned ahead, you'll have one of these. Just wind it up. You'll have light and communication. Call now and get the ultimate Y2K survival kit from BeCalm.com. You'll receive the Sunburst, the premier wind-up and solar-powered flashlight and radio, a video resource guide with real advice from leading experts, a diagnostic computer program to test your PC. You'll receive three soup samples from Hourglass Foods, food storage you'll want to eat. Plus, you'll receive a step-by-step guide that will show you how to prepare without wasting a single penny. Call now and order your ultimate Y2K Survival Kit. You get the wind-up and solar-powered flashlight radio, video diagnostic software, food samples, and preparation guide. A $90 value, all for only $49.95. Call 1-800-303-8747 now and tell the operator to rush an ultimate Y2K Survival Kit to your home. Call now. Since 2007, the XDM has defined performance in a striker-fired firearm. Now, the polymer pistol that broke the mold is better than ever. Introducing the all-new XDM Elite from Springfield Armory. Built around the match enhanced trigger assembly, the XDM Elite takes advantage of a fully cocked striker, allowing the new meta trigger to deliver a smooth pull, crisp break, and short reset unlike any other striker got on the market. Designed for ultimate performance, the XDM Elite series features removable short or standard mag wells for intuitive mag changes and extended magazines for unrivaled capacity of up to 22 plus 1. Available in four 9mm configurations, perfectly suited for competition, tactical deployment, and self-defense, each XDM Elite is duly equipped and built for extreme reliability and a lifetime of service. Re-engineered slide serrations help you get a grip in any situation, and the integrated accessory rail and ambidextrous slide release make the XDM Elite our most versatile platform ever. Performance upgrades built on an award-winning legacy. The all-new XDM Elite, only from Springfield Armory. America's financial future is in crisis and food prices are on the rise. Be prepared. Guarantee your food independence at MyPatriotSupply.com. We've created custom emergency food plans that are affordable for your entire family. And while other companies hope you'll never taste their survival food, ours will taste just as delicious 25 years from now as it does tonight. Get the food you'll need before you need it. Freedom, self-reliance, true patriotism. The founding principles of MyPatriotSupply.com. You trust your home to keep your family safe, but there are many threats that don't stop at locked doors and brick walls. Your house isn't made to withstand uncertain dangers like natural disasters, home invasion, or social unrest. Rising S Bunkers are. They're the safest, longest-lasting, most dependable on the market. I'm Clyde Scott, owner of Rising S Bunkers. Made in the USA and installed with maximum confidentiality. Ensure your family's future at risingsbunkers.com. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Mike. Are you tired of the lies, conspiracies, and propaganda the deep state uses to program you? Does the thought of empirical corporate globalism make you paranoid? Then Paranoid America is your source for alternative news. Listen to Paranoid America weekly on the GCN Radio Network or wherever podcasts are available. Your filter for mainstream fake news and disinformation. Featuring world news, the paranormal, cover-ups, UFOs, 
news, cosmic disclosure, secret space programs, and the parapolitical soup of today's global theater. If you aren't paranoid, you aren't listening. The Paranoid America Radio Show. Now, live from an underground bunker fortified with cheese whiz and crackers. The man dressed in black fatigues, wearing a tin hat made of aluminum foil, your host, Mr. Paranoid, Russell Dowden. paranoid america this is podcast number six here this week on the program podcast six and we are talking uh, we've been talking with our friend anthony acosta his book is sicario knots he's working on the uh i guess you know maybe the movie script we're talking maybe we'll get it he'll get a movie deal on netflix with this thing we'll see what happens i want to kind of turn the conversation a little bit maybe to media we might touch on, I want to touch on some UFOs, maybe a little bit of deep state or political climate with you. Cause I know you have a, a, an interesting, you've always got an opinion, Anthony. So it's always good to talk with you uh, about some of this stuff, but I wanted to, and, and b- before jumping into media with you, I went last Saturday just to, cause I wanted to go, my girlfriend would refuse to go see uh, the dial of destiny with the new Indiana Jones movie. And I, I said, well, look, I don't care if I go at 11 o'clock at night by myself. I'm going to go see this. I know the reviews are horrible. I've heard the reviews are bad, but I'm going to go in there, grab my popcorn, and I'm going to go see my hero, Indiana Jones, and and see what happens. And uh, uh, what are your thoughts? I thought it was uh, – I thought that he was de- demonized by the heroine uh, the female oh. character was like I, anything you can do, I can do better. Oh my god! What no, did you think really? of this? Because uh, this is that's the complaint people are saying is Kathleen Kennedy destroyed the fr- franchise of Star Wars, and now she's working on destroying uh, Indiana Jones. Well, I, I don't know what Disney was thinking. Look, I I, I saw it. I, I Indiana Jones was weak and old and frail, and and they just made him appear terrible. And I thought, okay, I'll let it pass. He's old and tired, um, and he's got a lot of mileage. But, uh, you know, he's going to get better throughout the movie, you know, and it's going to improve. And it didn't. He still was, and, and he's overshadowed by this this goddaughter that, you know, I, I don't, uh, she's not, I didn't find her likable. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of a, a scoundrel. And, you know, I, the movie had, it had so many problems. Uh, the bad guys show up conveniently, um, you know, at when the, when they need to change the plot. The the, the yeah. chases were too long. There was yes. there was a lot of issues with this film. I, I did not uh, when when it was done. I was glad it was done. 
<laughs> well, we're both we are both Generation Xers, and that put us probably we're the same age. I was probably ten when the Raiders Raiders came out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, I fell asleep in the in the car chase scene with the with the with the motorcycle. That scene was, I mean, the scene was fucking ten minutes too long. I mean, yeah. if the if the scene if the chase was twenty minutes, it was. It was 15 minutes too long. I literally yeah. dozed off with the popcorn in my hand. No, the, the, the movie had, it, there was so many, yeah, the, it, uh, aside from, aside from the fact that it was too long, a lot of filler content. Um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of coincidences that just didn't add up. Uh, there was, there was, and then there's problems with the science, uh, with the dial itself. And then uh, there's, there's, I don't know, there was some character development issues that I, I just couldn't get around. And uh, uh, yeah, the, I, the, I, the Antonio Banderas I, character was briefly inserted, you know, and <laughs> then and then he's he's gone in five minutes later after a yeah. dunk in the water. It, it just uh, it, it was just really uh, unfortunate. But um, well, I thought I thought they messed up uh, Crystal Skull. You know, mm -hmm. but looking back, Crystal Skull was way better than this. Well, one. It was. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry, but. I didn't think they could get lower than that one. I thought I was thinking this is going to be the redemption. It's going to be, uh, you know, bring back our, our our hero and and the people, the guy we like, and and no, no, it it didn't. It was uh, sadly, it was very disappointing, and I didn't want it to disappoint. I wanted to enjoy it. Yeah, it's all feminism. You well, know. I think I I think that one of the things we keep seeing is, uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not knocking feminism, but we keep seeing the rise the the, the 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 be the squashing of our male figures it seems like yeah. in 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 film and and then uh you know the way the media spins things too today uh, in this weird political climate we're in um you're seeing the the you know the the demeaning of the male figure in in society are you is this something uh, are you paying attention to this too because because I see this happening and not just TV commercials and movies and and, uh, and TV shows it, it's it's happening almost uh, you know with everything you see uh, these days uh, can can you speak to that or do you, am I am I I can't be no, the only no, one I, I believe you're absolutely this. right but I also I also understand that it, that's something that's not necessarily happening globally it's happening uh, here and yeah. and and th there is a deliberate uh, effort and 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 to erase uh, you know, to not allow men to be great. And, and, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with female heroes. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I love Wonder Woman, uh, the, the one we grew up with in the eighties. Um, and, and I even, I love a lot of the superheroes now. I just don't think that they need to get ahead or become the superheroes and the idols that we want by stepping on the male characters, you know, yeah. or by, or by putting them down. And I, and I don't understand they can, they can stand on their own right. They don't have to be demeaning, but for some reason they put it in like they, they really hate males. It's not, it's not up with women. It's down with men. And I don't understand that, that why that is, why that's well, that, accepted and, and why it's being allowed to, 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 to continue and, and grow. Well, this happened when Ray hands, Ray hands the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker after the entire first episode of uh, the, the JJ uh, Abrams version, we don't even see our hero until the very end. 
Then Ryan Johnson takes over and grabs the lightsaber and just throws it over his head. <laughs> I mean, isn't this that's an example? That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. destroying no. our hero. Yeah, well, they're they're doing it to all of our heroes. I, I don't think they want us to have any more role models. Um, they did that and, in Ghostbusters too. The, the latest Ghostbusters oh. one. I mean, they shouldn't even. Those guys shouldn't even have been in that one, probably. Well, okay. So I, I watched a. They were doing an analysis of of Ghostbusters, and they were talking about how there's a scene uh, where the Ray Egon and and uh, I forgot his name. Uh, well, all, the three Ghostbusters are in an elevator, and they they switch on the proton. Vinkman. 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 Right. And they're in there, and they're like, "Why worry? We're all carrying an unlicensed nuclear accelerator, you know, <laughs> or particle accelerator on our backs." And he says, "Switch me on," and he switches them on, and makes that the machine makes that noise, and they all back away into the corner of the elevator. Right. And yeah. and he says that scene developed the story so much. You knew what they were wearing, you knew what they were doing, you knew that it was experimental and dangerous, and yet it was funny, <laughs> and it was only like fifteen words, you know, in that in that scene. And then you move yeah. to this new one with the with the with the female Ghostbusters, and that that same scene they they had to go in and explain how it works, and they they kept talking about all the the, the mechanisms, and it, I, it it looked like they were trying to make themselves make sure that the audience knew that the girls were were smart and were could do it, um, which is not something they had to do with the with the guys, and I don't get it. They didn't have to do it with the girls either. And then they go off and test it, and no one's concerned about, um, you know. I don't know. They 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 botched it. They yeah. they took three times as long and three times as many words to get the same message conveyed to the audience. It's almost like Hollywood believes that our the audience is getting dumber, and so they want to mm -hmm. spoon feed everything, and they don't need to. They can just leave it to our imaginations. And, and a lot of the things we do, uh, we we leave certain things out to let the audience develop the image in their own head. And that way they they can build it in their mind yeah. to be this this wonderful thing. You don't have to say no no no. It's exactly like this. That's that's bad. You don't you, you don't leave any room for the audience to really take that journey with you. Yeah, the theater that's of the mind thought. is what is what we're told we're talked about when you're writing ad copy for clients and radio. You talk about the theater of the mind, and yeah. and it seems like the the writing that we grew up on. Um, you know, writing like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. I mean, there's the classic movies from the 60s, 70s, the golden age of when 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 Hollywood returned from the and from the the early 70s and, and got back in uh, to you know uh, good scripts and and writing. Today, what we see is is the lack of of quality writing and and the insertion of of a 15 million dollar effect for a scene. Uh, they budget 15 million dollars for a 30 second scene. And and so we're losing story with, uh, with 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 the with the advent of all this this over sensationalized technology. Yeah, no, we we they, Hollywood went a little nuts with uh, with their CGI and the ability to create massive explosions and all this stuff, and and they've lost the uh, going back to uh, 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 what's his name, Jurassic Park. Uh, they were too busy trying to figure out if they could do it. They forgot to ask whether or not they, they should. should. Do it. Yes. And, and so, yeah, they can do all these things and make these wonderful scenes. Do they need to? Does it contribute to the story? Does it grow? Does it does it help the audience build their imagination? No, uh, they don't have to go and do all of that. But you know, we're watching um, you know Hollywood implode itself these days. Um, yeah, and I, it's, it, and I don't think that it's 
the 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 writing is not because the audience is dumber. Um, you know, it's it's what it's it's the is it the is it the the right does it younger writers now writing for a younger generation, Anthony, or or you know, it, it's what the agenda the the studios are, are pushing. I, it feels like more to me, but um, you know, it's just a shame. That's 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 a topic that I wanted to address and and share and and, and touch on because I feel like we're losing something. We're losing our heroes, and we're losing. Uh, quality storytelling. Uh, what's the movie that's out now, Anthony, with the uh, kidnapping? Uh, what's that film called? It's out. It's kicked the heck out of uh, in the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, my guest last week, Ray Ray mentioned it on the air last week. Uh, but it's the 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 story of the child trafficking movie yeah, yeah. that's out. This story here is a uh, eleven million dollar, fourteen million dollar budget, and the the film is outgrossing. Uh, Disney's, uh, you know, three hundred million dollar uh, Indiana Jones film, and more people well, are seeing. My understanding this. is Disney Disney owned it uh, when they first they they filmed it five years ago, and Disney owned it, and they had to go and buy the rights to the movie back from from Disney so they could present it because D- Disney bought it and shelved it, and uh, they weren't going to let anyone see it. Uh, Sound of Freedom, I think. Oh Sound wow! Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so. They had to go and raise like $40 million uh, separately so they could buy the rights. And then now they, they can present it to the public. Well, um, it, uh, it outperformed on 4th of July weekend. It did stronger numbers than Indiana Jones. And, and I want to see that one too. I have not gone to see that, but that's an important film that we need to, to be aware of uh, child trafficking yeah. and all of that because that, that is an issue uh, that, that's going on and certainly not a topic that we wouldn't touch here on Paranoid America. Our guest, Anthony Acosta, talking w- with him about media and uh, uh, just uh, pop culture, too, here with you. We're both old friends and just kind of talking about the the, the state of, of culture here. You're, you're a writer. You're looking at getting a script produced, perhaps even into a film. We used to work together on Set Lab, Studies of Extraterrestrial Life and Answers from Beyond. The old website was a reporting UFO website, setlab.org. And Anthony, of course, you were our webmaster then. What are any thoughts as we uh, change gears here and talk a little UFOlogy or UAPology <laughs> as it's now it's now UAPs, Anthony, not UFOs. Oh, any, my bad. Any reason why you think they, they, they changed the vernacular of UFOs is it's too scary to be UFOs now? No, no, no. I think the, the um, conspiracy theorist label uh, was very effective, and uh, likewise, so was the uh, putting a stigma to UFO. So now that they want to talk about it in a more serious nature, they can't use the the old acronym because there's too much um, make too much like you lose credibility if you say UFO. Uh, instantly, mm-hmm. people are, are saying tinfoil hats. However, that being said, these days, well, they want to call it a UAP. That's fine. It's simply an un- unknown thing that's happening and whether it's it's our secret tech if it's from someplace else um you know we're we're, we're seeing a lot of, of a lot more of it now especially since everyone has you know their phones and they have these studios on and that they carry around with them uh we're seeing a lot more videos i i did want to say i i i work with uh daryl sims alien hunter i was i've been aware of daryl uh, i was in, aware of it's in Houston, okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so I'm working with him, and and I, I help him um, 
process a lot of the feedback that comes through the, in through the website. I run their website. Um, and we, you know, we get, we get pictures and we get, we get reports over there, uh, daily. And, and so we have to go through them and we get a lot of stuff that we can explain away quick, like, uh, you know, the Starlink satellites, um, or, uh, no, but so we can debunk, uh, probably 95 to 98% of what happens. And we're not out to debunk it. We just want to explain what it is, um, and, and keep an open mind as to what we're seeing. Now there is photographs and evidence and artifacts that, that come through that we have no explanation for. And as far as we can tell, the, the credibility of the people that are reporting it is, is on point. Um, the events that occurred, occurred the way they, they say they occurred. Um, and, and unfortunately we don't have enough, um, you know, collaborating evidence in order to make, make a case to either debunk it or, or, or prove it. Um, mm -hmm. and, but those we do follow up and when there is a, a an investigation launched into those kinds of cases, um, and I, I got to tell you, I've seen enough things now um, through my work with Daryl that I, I don't necessarily have an answer, but I can tell you there's a lot more things happening in the world than uh, than we can explain. Um, and Anthony, is that alienhunter.org? What was that site? I, I haven't been to uh, it in years. I, I thought um, I thought Daryl's site was Alien Hunter, but uh, what, what's the URL for that? Maybe we can have Carl pull that up. I was just curious. Yeah, it's um I think it's thealienhunter.com. Thealienhunter.com. Yeah. I want to think I think years ago it was alienhunter.org, but um you know, I tried to buy setlab.org and it's like 3 or 4 grand now. Oh my. It's like a premium well, domain. Yeah, he he uh, uh unfortunately uh alienhunter.org got uh so had a similar fate. Uh mm -hmm. and so part of the reason they brought me on board was to help uh, salvage it or rebuild it and, and, and give it a new home. Um, and so we, unfortunately we had to change the URL. Um, yeah. we, we were unable to reacquire the old one. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted, uh, uh, mine old URL for set lab is, is like, I couldn't believe it, it was like $5,000 to renew the old thing, but it was popular for a long time. And I, sadly I lost it, but uh, here's I, the I, website for alien hunter. Yeah, yeah. So I create those kinds of graphics for him, um, and they're you know X Files based. And uh, I believe he had a conversation with one of the producers from the X Files, and uh, and they told him that yeah, the um, um, Michael Dukovny or Dukovny's character is based on him. <laughs> well, it's honestly it's based on probably uh, uh, John D'Souza is the real life FBI agent that handled the uh, egg, the X file type cases for uh, the FBI and and the FBI's crime of uh, a paranormal crime division. I'm trying to get him on. You probably could get me a uh, Daryl on the, this show here if uh, if he I, we'd be happy to have him on here. I'm very familiar with some of his work from the 90s. I remember him being frequent guests on Coast to Coast AM and. And mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, uh, wasn't he involved in a TV show a few years back, maybe ten years ago? Yes, that's correct. Uh, they did. Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the show. I can bring it up. Um, but uh, yeah, he he had uh, ten episodes on a on a show um, mm -hmm. where where they would hunt for evidence. Um, and and to be honest, a lot of that stuff that I've seen 
is from that show, stuff that they found in that show and, and around that time. Maybe it may have been Uncovering a, Aliens. Yeah. Uncovering Aliens was the name of the show. Well, you know, I'm uh, I would love if he was uh, if he's up for it, I I would be happy to have him on. I'm I'm trying Absolutely. to get I will I will I will forward him your details and and uh, link to your channel and whatnot uh and let him uh I I know that he'd love to. I know that he's going to a conference in somewhere in Europe uh in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and uh uh but uh you know, he's always around. I I I was just answering his emails right before this interview. Um Oh wow. Yeah, we uh, you let him know we would we would like to get him on. I remember him being, you know, certainly on the conversation. We never interviewed Daryl, but I was aware of him through uh there was a group called uh you you UFON, not MUFON, but UFON, mm-hmm. UFO Network was ran by some guys that we were friendly with, Sonny and I at Set Lab up in Dallas. And I think Daryl knew those guys, and I think he used to. Be, he might have been always in Houston. I just thought he was in Dallas as well. But, um, mm-hmm. but we've always known about his work, and and uh, and well, he, he has was, a, he has Hufan in Houston. Hufan, okay, so so with, that's with his, an H. Mm-hmm. yes, yeah. And there was a Dallas group that we were friend, friendly with. But I remember Daryl Sims also in the conversation with the late great. Dr. Roger Lear, uh, of course, Dr. Lear wrote the book Aliens and the Scalpel, where he would often, you know, take out these uh, objects that people claim to have and and uh, and then have them analyzed about metallurgy. Um, Daryl worked with Roger Lear at some time in the 90s, I believe. Uh, but his he was often on Coast to Coast with Art Bell, uh, God, you know, many years ago. So he's definitely, you know, an old name. Uh, that that we're familiar with, Sonny and I certainly uh, in this space. How did you end up with that with that website deal with him? Did the set lab um, thing I, come up, or or did uh, how did you land that deal? Um, well, we connected at a conference, and uh-huh. uh, we ended up uh, having fan, amazing conversations about you know life beyond and uh, uh, everything. And I was I'm always been you know I like to question things. I, I bu- I'm open-minded. I believe it, but I have a I have a healthy sense of skepticism, and, and if I have a question, I'll you know I'll immediately ask. And uh, um, we ended up uh, meeting up again at uh, at Roswell uh, during mm-hmm. um, there was a, a festival. At, um, Roswell is carrying my book in their library, mm-hmm. um, and at the at the UFO library and the UFO mm-hmm. museum, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, so I was there at the same time Daryl was there doing a, a presentation, and uh, I, I saw his presentation. And I was like, "No, no, no, no! We we got to fix this." <laughs> my, 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 you know me, my my aesthetics. You know, I, I needed it. I needed it. I'm like these graphics. Just you can't do this. And so I said, "Let, let me add it. Let me add it." And so he did, um, and we vastly improved his his uh, present his pres- presentation side of things. Um, but after that, because of the, 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 he enjoyed the caliber of the work and he enjoyed the quality of the work. Uh, so he brought me on to, to handle all of his online stuff. Um, and so I create, uh, videos and I create, uh, slideshows and panels and, and things like that, where I take, uh, all the information and create a, a cohesive, uh, story that someone can understand a kind of an infograph, uh, if you will. Um, right. But with the photographic evidence or the video evidence, uh, and explaining the the who, what, when, where, why, and and why it's it's questioned um, or why it's uh, it falls into the the venue of the alien hunter, um, 
but uh, it, it's allowed me to have access to a lot of um, data and images and things that I, otherwise I wouldn't never see and, and, and wouldn't believe. Um, yeah. there, there is a, he has in his collection, he has the largest um, alien artifact collection uh, in the world. And he has in that collection, a, it's a car windshield that, um, and, uh, that has within it a handprint of an alien. Now, when I say within it, it's not on the surface. It's not on the front or the back. It's inside the glass. Uh, apparently, and, and this, is, this is all conjecture, but apparently the the creature with a the whatever the unknown entity that did this um phased through glass to uh -huh. reach the subject and pull them out and that phasing when he reached through the glass when he when he when he went through it 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 distorted the glass in the shape of his hand and and so you can see very clearly that this is not a human hand and it's in the glass and he has several pieces like that. It's it's fascinating stuff. And I don't have a, any kind of mundane explanation to it. And I wouldn't know how you would replicate that, uh, you know, even if you wanted to. <laughs> well, we uh, could just so find out from our extraterrestrial buddies here in the studio oh, and, and ask yeah, them. Ask you know, maybe they can ask, uh, <laughs> ask um, Vigo or Bob, what, what do they think? I mean, guys, is there a way? How's What's the science behind morphing in through glass? Tell, Bob, tell us. People want to know. <laughs> They're a little quiet. This week, <laughs> our guest, Anthony Acosta, author of Sicario Knots and Techie Guru. You're a, you're kind of a, a, a thinker. You toy with 2D. Your, 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 your bio is very interesting. Uh, you've got uh, a great eye for media. I don't know. I want to continue the conversation. We'll take a quick break. We'll do a short commercial break here on this side, and then we'll wrap up uh, with our guest, uh, uh, Anthony Acosta. The website for him is is uh well there's a couple there's kennedy media group and then uh you know the sicario knots is the book if you want to get the book you can check it out on amazon uh, or maybe order it right there from his website as well uh, our guest anthony acosta stay tuned we'll be right back more paranoid america this is podcast number six we'll be back on the other side Disaster can strike at any time. Be ready before it hits the fan. You are not a caveman. So don't use caveman technology. Our revolutionary meals heat themselves. Just pour the salt water solution on the heating pad. Place the meal face down on the heating tray. Slide it back in the box and wait five minutes. You'll have a hot, nutritious meal that is tough enough for any disaster. Whether it's power outages, 
winter storms, or the end of the world, you'll be good to go. So what are you waiting for? Get your gear today. Disaster Food Supplies. Survive. Satisfy. It's 2 a.m. Power's out. It's pitch black. You need light. If you planned ahead, you'll have one of these. Just wind it up. You'll have light and communication. Call now and get the ultimate Y2K survival kit from BeCalm.com. You'll receive the Sunburst, the premier wind-up and solar-powered flashlight and radio, a video resource guide with real advice from leading experts, a diagnostic computer program to test your PC. You'll receive three soup samples from Hourglass Foods, food storage you'll want to eat. Plus, you'll receive a step-by-step guide that will show you how to prepare without wasting a single penny. Call now and order your ultimate Y2K Survival Kit. You get the wind-up and solar-powered flashlight radio, video diagnostic software, food samples, and preparation guide. A $90 value, all for only $49.95. Call 1-800-303-8747 now and tell the operator to rush an ultimate Y2K Survival Kit to your home. Call now. Since 2007, the XDM has defined performance in a striker-fired firearm. Now, the polymer pistol that broke the mold is better than ever. Introducing the all-new XDM Elite from Springfield Armory. Built around the match enhanced trigger assembly, the XDM Elite takes advantage of a fully cocked striker, allowing the new meta trigger to deliver a smooth pull, crisp break, and short reset unlike any other striker gun on the market. Designed for ultimate performance, the XDM Elite series features removable short or standard mag wells for intuitive mag changes and extended magazines for unrivaled capacity of up to 22 plus 1. Available in four 9mm configurations, perfectly suited for competition, tactical deployment, and self-defense, each XDM Elite is duly equipped and built for extreme reliability and a lifetime of service. Re-engineered slide serrations help you get a grip in any situation, and the integrated accessory rail and ambidextrous slide release make the XDM Elite our most versatile platform ever. Performance upgrades built on an award-winning legacy. The all-new XDM Elite, only from Springfield Armory. Paranoid America. I'm Russell Dowden, your host through this fast-moving, unexpected journey of weirdness that we call the Paranoid America Show. Used to publish Weird Magazine, Austin Parrot Times, dabbled with Infowars. I've got a couple of old magazines here on my desk. These are some old ones. There is, uh, let's see here. Yeah, this is Para Times. We used to do this. This was uh, our old, old publication that we used to do, and then we. This all led to us eventually doing Weird Magazine, and uh, during that time, we we used to publish a lot of paranormal, parapolitical news in Austin. This one's probably twenty years old, right here, back. Uh, in fact, Anthony, uh, you know, you were. You were still doing our website for Sutton Lab back in the back in back in some of these old old days here. I found and dug up. This is an, a UFO magazine 
Look at this. This was from 2000, and I had an ad in a UFO magazine for a conference that I was speaking at, at the, in Corpus, and we did a live <laughs> broadcast from uh, the Corpus Christi uh, Ramada in Bayfront there at the uh, and we did. We interviewed uh, Jim Mosley and uh, uh, Gosh Constance Clear, uh, Stanton Friedman. Oh, God, all these guys are. All those people are gone. They're they're all dead now. Uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, two two you know twenty two years twenty three years ago. But I, I I came across this one on eBay and I bought it since I've been doing this show, Anthony. And I thought it was I thought it would be cool to to pull a couple of these old ones out. This was. Also from 2004, oh, I remember that. Bill Burns did an, a, a, an article. They wanted to talk about this being the J Rod, right? This was oh the J Rod alien, right? But you right. and I knew, you and I knew this was not the J Rod right. alien because we we exposed this with the help of the Art Bell's audience on Coast to Coast in Correct. January of 2000, and this was an image that was submitted to Set Lab, and mm -hmm. we. Uh, it says here he's he's old, he's gray, and he's been in hiding. And now we're going to tell you where, where the where, where the truth about this whole thing. And so, I don't know, uh, old Dan clickbait. <laughs> yeah, old school clickbait. And when I saw that they were going to do this, I I ended up doing an article telling the story about how we came to find that, and uh, in, in the article that I wrote. And so it kind of straightens the it straightens the. I tried to straighten that mess out in my little contribution to the to the article that I had in here, um, but it's somewhere in here. But anyway, it was definitely old school clickbait for that for its time. Oh, here it was: mm -hmm. aliens, aliens, Alien pandemonium, and swamp gas. This is about just how people, you know, don't you know? And I go into talking about the old Orson Welles broadcast, Anthony, and how people mm -hmm. were so ready to run for their lives from the gas raids and. <laughs> Uh, you know, panicking and believing everything you hear is, is, is you know, verify your information, guys. But uh, I pulled those off of eBay for, you know, like 20 bucks. So it was cool to share those. I thought you'd get a kick out of seeing some of that old stuff. You know, I believe the Set Lab website is still alive at the archive, archive.org. Like the, the, oh, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you, you, know? you can type it into uh, uh, at the archive.org and it'll come up with, you know, I don't know about the images, but it'll definitely come up with all the text and, and the layouts. Well, I, I've never, I've never seen that. I, that would be a kick to, to see the anything from the old, old uh, setlab.org day org days. Uh, we had on Ray Muniz was a guest from that era on our show last week, and and uh, there were some pictures that I shared in the studio of us and Sonny and I in there at the old KMBH radio show of, of us in there in '99. Doing uh, interviewing him and uh, um, but um, uh, no, just uh, it's just fun to, to to reminisce on some of that old stuff because we were doing this kind of talk radio back in literally the fall of 1999 and went on to do it in 2000 and uh, it was a, a lot of fun and and um, and I'm glad to you know have you on here and, and do this show next week. Sonny's going to be on with me and then my former co-host. Not only Sonny was a co-host, but so was Heidi Hollis. And Heidi is still very affluent in the ufology community. And she runs a podcast called Dark Becomes Light on the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And she'll be on in two weeks. So 
uh, it's always good to have your friends on when you know to get mm-hmm. stopped back into this and and obviously had Ray last week uh, you this week um, what are your well, we got a couple minutes left with you here Anthony what do you think of all of uh, the recent hoopla with UAPs and congressional hearings and are we getting any closer to some real disclosure uh, with everything the work that Stephen Greer is doing there's you know co- committees assigned to this stuff now it's it seems to be we're getting movement, but will we will we get any real movement? You know, that's the thing. Well, the the question is, you, 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 they're asking, um, you're asking the government to tell the truth about something, <laughs> you know, and and then just <laughs> the, just saying it like that, you know, <laughs> you, you're not ever going to get the truth from the government. I'm sorry. You know, and if you trust the government, well, I think you have the wrong show. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're just not. I think that Greer is doing a great job of bringing a lot of credibility, and they have a lot of credible people that are in there. Um, I still need to check their sources. I need to verify as, you know, as much as I can um, in order before I believe it. Uh, but on the surface, they got some fantastic information and even more fantastic tales. Um I would love the government to uh, to come clean on some things, but you know, if we t- pay attention to the stuff they've already disclosed, uh, it's already they, they've they've admitted they've admitted so much. Um, now, the things they can't disclose, in my opinion, uh, is like when, when they were testing F one seventeens. They're triangular. They absorb radar. They're a fantastic fighter craft, uh, but they're also top secret. And they've been flying those for 20 years, and people would report triangular UFOs uh, flying overhead. And now we know that those triangular UFOs were actually F-117s. Well, okay, there's so, TR-3Bs as the uh, as the Aurora well, project part of it that's not correct. been declassified. Right. So if you look at the TR-3B, different power source. Apparently, that one is also engine, reverse engineered from from the old sports model UFO, um, but they're not they can't come out and say oh yeah our top secret spacecraft or our top secret airplane uh which doesn't run on on aerodynamics it runs on you know some other propulsion uh which we got from aliens they're never ever gonna say that you know well i don't know i don't know i think here's where i'm at with some of this is i think that i think that in the around 52 or 53 they achieved anti-gravity whether it was from you know, I'm not saying it was element 115. I, I think I think our guys figured out anti-gravity, you know, post Tesla and 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 you know maybe in the 30s and 40s some of this was being experimented. Clearly, the Nazis were working on something. Uh, that's a historical fact. I believe that there was a gear, there was a, an effort to push for this Buck Rogers. Uh, technology that we were starting to see it being pushed on us by in- aerospace industry. It was kind of getting the whole cart before the horse in, in 52, 53. But it's in, from what I understand from what Stephen Greer says uh, and, and from other sources that, that aerospace industries developed anti-gravity propulsion in the fifties, but all of that technology, as I understand it went dark and and the public wasn't given this. This was all one for military defense. So I do think that there is 
an anti-gravity program out there. And I do also think that there is a, a program that existed and has existed with uh, recovery retrievals and, and exploring, you know, alternative ET technologies. But I also think that I think we've got our own programs that, that have existed for, you know, now for 50, 60 years. And, and maybe, maybe that's, you know, the key is getting, getting some of that veil lifted. Trump talked about these new technologies coming forward. Maybe, you know, maybe getting that information out there. Maybe that is a good thing. What Stephen Greer's program is attempting to do is to get, you know, some kind of transparency from the aerospace industry on, on the technologies that they possess. Well, I personally would be much more interested in them bringing it down and giving us an opportunity to capitalize on it. I, I'd love trickle yeah. down military tech. You know, if, yeah. if some of that stuff, those are that's game changer for airlines, for people, for moving people from A to B, cargo, freight. Uh, it's it's a massive game changer. So I, I would love to see some of that tech uh, come out of the dark and, and be available uh, for. I don't want to say exploitation, but for. Uh, use in the private sector you know uh, it, i think it would change the world well I, I would like to see something like that happen as well and i think that um you know if it does it needs to start from you know from peeling some of the layer of the onion off and and i don't know if i'm with you i don't know if everything that stephen greer is working on with the congressional uh, members and the, and the senate majority leaders if that's ever going to happen, I think it's a, I do think it's a long shot, but um, you know, the more they peel off that onion, I think, I, I think the more unstable the the guys that have that, that possess that technology uh, become Anthony. I think they feel threatened by any probing uh, anything that they have to for, forgo or give up. If they let that genie out of the bottle, as they say, I think I think there's no telling what those what aerospace industries could do or the military industrial complex could do as Eisenhower warned. We see Elon Musk, you know, looking at, at traditional propulsion and, and putting his rockets into orbit or trying to, uh, you know, to get us over to Mars. And uh, and I and I see this this massive, you know, uh, research into traditional, uh, you know, putting you strap yourself onto a rack Acme rocket like the Coyote, you know, and trying to make it, you know. To the <laughs> to another planet, uh, while at the same time we see mountains of evidence that that we have another tech that can get us there, you know, cheaper, quieter, less less resources, and I just it boggles my mind that that let's say you know someone like like Elon that you have that mm-hmm. th- those kinds of resources wouldn't be you know looking into in that direction and trying to you know yeah. uh, reduce. Even if it's just a, a mass reduction, uh, that that it, it makes the propulsion systems that much more efficient. I, I just don't get why they don't integrate any of that technology into those systems, and and so that's that's something that, that? Um, I just stand back and I go like, maybe I just don't know enough uh, about these things, um, but we definitely need to be researching it. Well, we certainly do, and uh, and we will push that envelope. Uh, here every week on Paranoid America as our podcast to cover some of this alternative stuff. Hey, Anthony, thanks for being a part of the program this week on the show. Um, fire off your website. How can folks purchase the book, Sicario Knots? Learn more about your work, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, SicarioKnots.com for the for the book. 
uh, Kennedy Media for web development work and any other kind of contracting that you need for graphics and whatnot. And um, Russell, thank you so much for having me on. I sent you the link to the archive.org uh, set lab thing, and all yes. the pictures are there. And it's oh really? I, I wanted the, to yeah, pull it up. I didn't know if Carl could pull that up. I think we're going to have to share that next week on the show. But I will absolutely. plug that next week when we have time to to get that on there. Thanks for sharing that. I can't wait to see. This. Yeah. Uh, that was the site we did. You and I worked together on 20-something years ago. Um, good stuff. Sicario Notches, the book, Saving the World. Yes, really. Anthony Acosta. Check him out at KennedyMediaGroup.com, I believe, is the Kennedy Media Group site. So uh, check him out. Great stuff. Next week on the program was is our mutual friend, Sonny Salas, will be on the show next week. And then Sonny was my old partner there in Set Lab. And then the following week will be Heidi Hollis. And then Tim Schwartz, uh, and then Jack Blood, and then Richard Serrett, and we'll keep this thing going. I'm Russell, Paranoid America. Keep your eyes to the skies, guys. Thanks for tuning in.